grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's always fun to say the gospel of the Lord at the end of that scripture reading. Because gospel means good news. And here's Jesus saying, I've come not to bring peace, but division. How many of you like conflict? All right. How many of you like to do whatever you can to avoid conflict? Amen. All right, all right. You know, thank you, preacher. All right, when the kids, that's right, when, when kids argue, and many of us have dealt with kids at one point or another, either our own or, or whatever, when kids argue, sometimes actually their arguments are kind of easy to settle. One of the most universal conflicts kids have centers around me. Me, 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 right? Uh, I want to play with that toy first, right? I want to sit at their dinner table. How many of you have ever had to solve a conflict of who gets to call shotgun seat? How many of you have ever had that conflict where that, I want to sit there, now I want to sit there. Okay, now the front seat of the car is a treasured thing. I want to say one of the ultimate ways to resolve a conflict, according to children, is this. I called it shotgun because we all know that one must be in sight of the car and clearly say shotgun for it to count. Am I right? That's the rule. And if you don't believe me, you can go on the internet. I kid you not, I found this. Shotgunrules.com, which will tell you the history of calling shotgun and the proper rules. According to them, it's official. I don't know. <laughs> calling it is the worldwide, widespread, complete, and collective way that kids settle conflict. Shotgun called it. You can't defend against this. If a kid goes and complains to an adult that they wanted something first, the adult then asks, well, did they call it? Well, yeah. I'm sorry, my hands are tied. I got nothing. Wouldn't you like all the conflict in your life to be settled in this way? But things get a little more complicated than that, don't they? Or do they? Today in our gospel reading, we hear some words that are a little difficult for us to hear coming out of the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus is the one, the son of the living God, who brings life from death, hope through despair, light from darkness. He's the one that said in John chapter 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. And now this very same Jesus is in this text saying that he has not only come to bring fire, but division. Mother against daughter, son against father. Whew, that's kind of hard to hear. Today is Old Time Gospel Sunday. It's one of the reasons we're wearing these funny collars today. Uh, this is the way that the old time pastors used to do it. And Pastor Match uh, made these for Ben and I. <laughs> Did you? Am I speaking truth? Come on. All right. So he's very gracious in making it. I'm not saying. Anyway. Okay. Just going to stop that line right there. So today I, I, we're singing some of my favorite hymns, and I hope that there's some of yours. One of the hymns that we couldn't fit in today is This Little Light of Mine. Anybody love that hymn? This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. Today, that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about letting nothing Hide our passion, our zeal, our love for God. Let nothing hide that at all. I think that much of the time, 
you know, one of our problems with hearing Jesus say, I'm not bringing peace, but division, I think a lot of us tend to think of, of Jesus as a kind of ancient Mr. Rogers. We th- imagine Jesus walking around and all he has to do is stick his arm out and butterflies suddenly land on it. You know, he walks around going, you know, like a neighborhood and going around saying, won't you be my neighbor? We think of Jesus this way. We think of Jesus as a soothing person. After all, scripture itself accounts Jesus as the good shepherd. He's the prince of peace. He's the one of whom the angels sang on the night of his birth, those heavenly choruses. We sing every Christmas Eve, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. And so we look to Jesus to bring calm and peace into our lives. And certainly Christ can and does do that. But here in this text, instead of bringing peace and calm into our lives, Jesus seems to be more like an announcer at a pro boxing match going, Are you ready to rumble? That's what he seems like, right? Well, are we as disciples of Jesus, are we ready to rumble? Ooh. Oh, mixed emotion, mixed reaction there. Okay. Well, stick with me here. Uh, If you're a little familiar with how the weather works, you know that when warm air mass moves over a cold air mass, the result is conflict. There's a rumble. It's what we call a thunderstorm. And Jesus is saying that in the same way, when the warm air of God comes against the cold hard-heartedness of the world, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be a storm. A few years ago, a public school teacher in Colorado was ordered by his superiors to remove a Bible that he had on his desk. He only kept it there so that he could read it to himself while the students were doing other activities, but they ordered him to get rid of the Bible even though the school's library was filled with other books dealing with witchcraft, cults, and other religions. Warm air, cold air, conflict. Or in 2001 in Palm Beach County, Florida, there was a church that was forced to give up its ministry to homeless people. When the Salvation Army shelter in the area closed its doors a couple years earlier, there was no place for the homeless people to go in that neighborhood. So the church called Westgate Tabernacle decided to open up its doors, open up its facilities to minister to these homeless people. But then the residents of the neighborhood began to complain that perhaps maybe their property value would start going down. So they complained to the city. Eventually, the church was assessed a $20,000 fine, and a lien was put up against the church because they hadn't put forth the proper applications. The church said, we did put forth the applications, but the city said they must have lost them. While the neighborhood there, where the church was at, wasn't zoned for a homeless shelter. It was zoned for liquor stores and strip clubs. Those were permitted, but the church's homeless shelter was not. Warm air, cold air, conflict. Today, Jesus is telling us, basically, get used to it. After all, Jesus himself even faced conflict in his own family. The Gospels tell us of times when Jesus' brothers and sisters tried to stop him from doing what he was doing. They tried to get him to see that he was going too far with this whole God stuff, that he was becoming an embarrassment to the family. Anybody have someone be an embarrassment to your family? Is anybody the embarrassment of your family? (laughs) All right. The truth is, is that as Christians, the biggest risk that we have to our faith is not 
being attacked by someone in a dark alley because we wear a cross necklace. But I think the biggest risk that we have to our faith often comes from those nearest to us, our friends, our co-workers, even our family. It's those who come to us and say to us, you know, a small dose of faith is okay. After all, a little religion didn't hurt anybody. But don't get on fire with your faith. Just keep it quiet. Just keep it to yourself. And at first, this actually doesn't sound like a bad idea. This doesn't sound like bad advice. If we can have faith and at the same time not rub other people the wrong way, sounds like a pretty good deal, win-win. After all, what's that old song? I've got peace like a river in my soul. Okay, well, maybe if I just kept that faith in my soul to myself and not rock the boat with anyone else on the outside, that wouldn't be so bad. It wouldn't be the warm air, cold air crashing together. Well, the problem with this is that we as followers of Jesus, if we take the following Jesus seriously, there are going to be times where we seriously have to speak up. There are going to be times where we can't keep our mouth shut. Jesus himself on Palm Sunday, when he re- triumphantly rode into Jerusalem, everyone was shouting, Hosanna, 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 and they were so excited to see him. And the Pharisees and Sadducees said what? Quiet these people down. Simmer down now. Be quiet. And Jesus said, I can't make them be quiet. If they were quiet, the rocks themselves would scream out. Well, we can't leave it to the rocks because it's time for us Christians to roll. I worked all week on that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I invited hallelujahs and amens, not so much heckling. All right. Preacher, preacher. That's right. Thank you. That's good in an English accent, Chris. Um, we cannot always be quiet. So here's my question to you. What is Jesus wanting you to say in your life, but you don't because you're afraid? What kind of life is Jesus calling you to live, but you don't because you're afraid? Afraid of what others may think. Afraid of the storms that might come your way. You see, we as Christians have such a faith, such a deep, passionate faith, that we know that in the midst of the storms, and the storms are going to be there. That's what Jesus is saying here. The storms will be there. But we have a faith in a God who is not dead, but is alive, who is living, and a God who is the one who has power over those storms, the one who calmed the sea with the disciples in the boat, the one who walks with us every day. We are called, instead of running away from storms, to run to the one who calms the storm and gives us the courage to face them, knowing that he will see us through. Jesus calls us to have faith in him, a fiery faith that isn't just a little light of mine, but a raging inferno that all else fails in our zeal in comparison to God. Our zeal for the Lord, everything else should look dull in comparison. That's what today's gospel is all about, that God, not ourselves, not our jobs, not even our families are the center of our lives, but God. And that's hard. That's hard. But brothers and sisters in Christ, I can tell you for certain that when you place God at the center of your life and live the way that God would have you to live, use the words that God would have you to lose, look at people and situations in the way that God would have you to do it, your life 
And those things you love will be better for it. But it will take conviction and commitment. Today we're singing some great songs filled with some Holy Spirit-inspired lyrics. May their tune and their lyrics inspire us. The last verse that we sang in There's Power in the Blood says this, Would you do service for Jesus your King? Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's power in the blood. In just a moment, we're going to sing one of my all-time favorite hymns, Because He Lives. And if you don't know this hymn, listen to its words. Because He lives, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future. And life is worth the living just because He lives. And all of us, I know, have had those times in our lives, maybe we're going through it right now, where life really doesn't seem all that much worth living, where the stress of this world, at one point we were on top of the world, now the world seems like it's on top of us. We have the strength to face the conflicts in our lives when we have Jesus Christ as the center of our lives. Because Jesus lives, the sin that once was ours is wiped away because there's power in the blood. Because Jesus died for us, we are free to live for him. Because Jesus isn't dead, but a living Savior, the Savior of our souls and the Lord of our lives, we have a relationship with the living God who doesn't just look at us from afar, but walks with us every single day, holds us, leads us, consoles us, inspires us. We are called by that same God to live and to go. Go and live the good news, the gospel of our salvation in our daily lives. Go and live the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go and give. Go and pay the grace of God forward through ministry informed by the Bible, inspired by the Spirit, fed and forgiven at the table, washed and welcomed at the font. When conflict comes, as it always does in this life, remember this and hold on to it. The ultimate conflict has already been dealt with and the victory is won. By God's grace, through Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and coming again, we are saved and set free from sin, death, and the power of the devil. His eye is on the sparrow. God will take care of you. Give your life to Christ. It doesn't mean that you're going to live in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, but rather it means you'll live in the real world where the real gospel of Christ is lived out, shared, where the real love of God is needed and fully given. Amen. All right. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.